word. What is happening? What? I just hear a whole bunch of bumbling around. Oh, sorry, that was me. I was moving my my uh, graham crackers and peanut butter out of the way, so I can get closer to my microphone. <laughs> totally leaving that in too. No, don't do that. <laughs> like laughing a whole bunch tonight man don't start if we're about to discuss the fresh prince there's going to be a whole lot of laughing oh it's gonna be a whole gang of laughing okay right. i'm gonna be i gotta be serious i'm gonna be serious for my intro welcome to episode 11 of the nostalgia mixtape a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s 90s and 2000s as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist i'm your host ty Gooden. what's up world i'm christina and today we are talking about My True Love, one of my favorite shows of all time. I've mentioned it like a million times and people have been asking if we were going to talk about it and it is here. This day has arrived, guys. We are talking about The Fresh Prince starring woo, woo, woo. The Forever Bay, Will Smith. And we are doing it with our very first guest host today, guys. So we're super, super excited. But before we get into everything with today's episode, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with us with the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod if you have any kind of reactions to what we're saying or if you want to add any additional thoughts or comments of your own. Please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and rate our podcast. We can be found on Podbean and on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. So before we get into the recap today, we're going to, of course, introduce our guest host. Um, you've heard me talk about her several times, and she is someone I've actually known my entire life, guys, because she's my older sister, Nikita. Say hello to the people. Hey, hey, everybody. Yay. And I'm so excited for her to be on, and there is like not a better episode that she could have jumped in with. I feel like this all kind of came together at the right time because you had 10 episodes of me and Christina kind of building that relationship with you guys and also kind of building a different type of relationship with each other as podcasters, you know? Yeah. Outside of just been, uh, just our friendship. Right, yeah. So now we kind of, we feel like we've gotten our feet wet. We feel like we're kind of in there and ready to go and ready to take on a guest toast and uh when i thought about the fresh prince kind of coming in the first thing i thought about was my sister because a lot of the things that i like and i enjoy are things that i kind of got exposed to through her and you know her being older than i am and us growing up in the same household so i fell in love with the fresh prince because she's got a love for the fresh prince so it's a perfect time for her to be able to come on um, so what we're going to do first, of course, is get into our nostalgia recap. And we're going to let our guests go first. So, Nikita, what do you have for our nostalgia recap today? Okay, so on nostalgia recap today, I picked three separate um, items for three different reasons. So the first one um, is from sep- or from July 18th, 2008. And it was the day that the Dark Knight debuted, which is also July 18th is my birthday. So... Ooh. Dark Knight is one of my favorite, favorite movies. I love everything about it. Christian Bale. I love uh, Heath Ledger. And I was super duper sad when he passed. Mm -hmm. I really was because this was one of his best performances ever. Can you imagine where he would have (laughs) gone? Like if he was still alive today, you know, to kind of be able to reap the benefits of that, of that movie and of that performance. It would have been amazing. It would have been. 
I feel like the Dark Knight for Heath Ledger is one of those like turning points in a person's career. You know, like yeah. some people only have one of them where like they have that breakout role that catapults them into superstardom. But then like a couple people have a few different turning points in their career. Like Leo's had a couple of them. I feel like you know the Dark Knight, if he would have you know lived past it. Like, like would have, have definitely been, been a turning point in career and he would have gotten, you know, all the awards and all the things because, right. you know, it's just, it was him reaching another level of talent. That movie was just amazing. Like he went so far for that role and that movie is just perfect. Like you can't, you can't really touch that movie. I absolutely is. agree. I was super excited that he bounced back with this because I have to tell you, Brokeback Mountain was not my favorite. It really wasn't. It didn't do justice to his personal you know ability as an actor so I felt Mm -hmm. like the dark knight was his opportunity to really shine and he did Mm -hmm. he did he absolutely did I mean he just he brought this this level of energy to the character that I don't think we had ever really seen before um you know he was you know jovial and joking at some points and then he could just kind of flip a dime really quick and become this dark and menacing you know person at the same time and like the way that I've always imagined the Joker being played on screen was exactly what he did with it I mean it was absolutely perfect and I'm a person like Christina knows and I think pretty much everybody else knows I'm not a major Batman fan overall no. so I mean of course I went into it like eh, okay you know it's a it's a comic movie so I'll check it out but I mean, I just left the theater. I remember leaving the theater and being just like absolutely stunned by that movie. Like, wow, it was perfect. I went and saw it multiple times and it is somewhere around here on DVD, which and if you had asked me if I would buy a Batman DVD, I would have been like, uh, no, I don't even like Batman. He's not even like a real superhero, but <laughs> I, got, I got it and it's here and I do. I love that one. That's a good one. Dopest superhero movie of all time, in my opinion. And how fitting to this day? Is. It came out on my birthday. To this day? Well, no. I mean, of course, Black Panther is the dopest superhero <laughs> movie of all time. I was going to be like, wait a minute. I thought I, I, thought I knew you. But no, no, no. We're kind of forever. <laughs> We're talking about things that happened a long, long time ago. Okay. Right. And ever, and ever, and ever. And ever. Amen. Forever. so then the next thing i have in my recap is uh 20 years ago google was started so just a question what what did we say before um we could say i don't know google it Uh, or you had to go to the library and look it up (laughs) find it in the encyclopedia go to the library use that Dewey Decimal System that we were talking about on the last episode and look that joint up. God. I can't believe it's been 20 years. Like, that's so crazy to me because now Google is such, I mean, it's a, it's a verb. Like, it's a part, it's a major part of our lives now. Like, that's what we do. We Google things when you don't know something. Like, I mean, it's just a part of our life. And like for our kids and for the next generation that are coming up or whatever, like that's just, that's a natural, normal part of their life that we did not have back then. And it's so crazy to think about it. You don't even have to like type things into Google anymore. Like Google will auto complete your search request now. Like right, it reads your mind. Yeah. It's getting to the point of ridiculous, you know, trying to explain to my kids that Googling something is not Bible 
is the most difficult thing to do because their first inclination is to type it into Google. The first thing that pops up, boom, that's my answer. And it's a credible right. source. And I'm like, um, no, ma'am, no, sir. It is absolutely not. Right. Because anybody can put anything on the Internet. Yes. Like it just be a bunch of crap. And the only way that your post comes up on top of the Internet is if you just use a bunch of keywords. Like you could be talking about total, complete rubbish and if, as long as you have the keywords in there, it'll come up at the top of the Google search. That's exactly right. Or you right. can pay to have yours at the top. Yep. Know, that's a thing now, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Ridiculousness. Can't, can't, can't trust Google all the way. But like, no, you cannot. But I can't believe it's... It's a great it's, jumping off point. I can't believe it's 20. So, it, in that same thread, I also have one of my favorite cartoons, believe it or not, the Powerpuff Girls. They are 20. Really? Yes. Yup. Yes, wow. they are. That's crazy. Wow. My kids love the Powerpuff Girls now. They've got like a, you know, the, I guess the newer version of it that's out now or whatever. And they love it now. Is the one that looks like me still around or did she disappear? <laughs> I did not see her. We were watching like last week. Yeah, no, it does. That I told Christina when I saw her and they posted a picture of the black Powerpuff Girl. I was like, uh, Christina, the, pow- the new Powerpuff Girl looks just like you. Like, Don't be alarmed, but I think they designed the Powerpuff Girl like to look no, like No, seriously. You. I had like three people. When they decided that they were going to have like, like a fourth sister, I was like, okay, cool. And then she was like a black girl with blue hair. And I'm like, no lie, I had like five people be like, she looks like you because everybody knows I used to have blue hair. Oh, I miss those days. And then her name was Bliss Tina, which is literally like... <laughs> at some point you know you have to step in and sue for your likeness being used without your permission that's what i'm saying that's why i notified her immediately because i'm like there's a, there's something illegal about this and you need to get it taken care of like somebody needs to run you your coin because they have taken your whole face and your former hair and put it into a cartoon Blasphemy. I'm okay with being a Powerpuff Girl. Like, I don't know. The last episode I saw um, that I was watching with the kids, I did not see her in there. And that could have just been that particular episode. Or maybe it was like an older one that they pulled up on the Roku that, you know, didn't have what was before her time. But I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if she is still around. If she is, you... You need somebody to run you some coin because let me Google that. You're definitely <laughs> let me Google that. <laughs> Blistina, you're you're definitely a Powerpuff Girl. You are. Mojo Jojo is the funniest thing to say, and one of the cutest little demon uh, spawns ever on a cartoon. Right. I'm like, how are you threatening? You're so tiny. Like you're smaller than they are. So, is he like? A monkey, or <laughs> like, what kind of animal is he? I have no idea where he is. I assumed a monkey. I mean, that's what he looks like. I was thinking it was a monkey too, but you know, I was watching something else with my kids, and I said what kind of animal I thought it was, and they looked at me and said, "No, mom, it's a penguin." <laughs> but it was blue. Wait a minute. But it was blue, not Mojo. <sighs> something different. But so it, it didn't blue. look like a penguin. Yeah, no, 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 no. There was no penguin kind of anything uh available on this so this why did character. you think it was a penguin <laughs> no wow. they said it was a penguin i thought it was something else oh they yeah, said it was a penguin. they said it was oh. a penguin well i guess they know better than we do because <laughs> you always try to catch me up man this is listen 
listeners, you have to know this about my sister, okay? The one thing that she's absolutely famous for is catching me saying things that aren't necessarily aligned with my level of intellect. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> I mean, because every she now and lives then, you, for the you come moment. out with some stuff she and lives you just for go the way moment. left field. And I'm like, dog, what, what, what are you talking about right now? She lives for the moment when I say something off color. And it's okay. I just keep a little mental file uh-huh. of that stuff. So you can keep I just bringing like to pull it out up. every now yep, and then. Yep, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so then the last thing in my recap is uh, November 9th, 1993. Now, I know it's a little bit before where we are calendar-wise, but November 9th is really a special day to me because that's the day my son was born. Um, and Aww. Wu-Tang, oh, yeah. Wu-Tang Clan's Enter the Wu 36 Chambers was released November 9th, 1993. Yes. Method Man. Honestly, not an album I've ever listened to. Please don't shoot. But my older brother and sister were huge Wu-Tang Clan fans. It's okay, Christina. Christina said quite a few things that she hadn't listened to or something. (laughs) Like, I can't even. Like, I can't even. Right, I mean, because we were like crazy Wu-Tang fans. six. (laughs) Okay, we're the same age. (laughs) I mean, well, okay, so I guess this, this is asymptomatic of my sister picking up on things that I was listening to as a part of her growing up. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Listen, Enter the Woo, 36 Chambers was one of the best rap albums of all time. And I thought about this um, and was pleasantly surprised about the November 9th date. But I actually started thinking about Wu-Tang Clan as a group when I was watching right. Ari Melba's The Beat this weekend. And Method Man was on as, as his special guest. And Ari was talking about how... You know, he was influenced by Wu-Tang Clan and what they did to, mm-hmm. um, you know, who who they were and what they meant to his his youth and growing up and the influences of their music. You know, you'll see him set up at a desk with the Wu-Tang sign on the backside of his Mac, which is right. the funniest thing. That was one of the reasons I started watching him, because I, I was I would hear like Charlemagne and some other radio announcers and other artists that are very current, plus, you know, ones from the early 90s kind of talk about Ari Melbourne. I'm like, who is this dude? So finally, yeah. I started watching his show, and he is the most woke white dude I've ever seen. And no, I do. I like him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with Wu-Tang, it just, it, it has, they had such a powerful influence on... on an entire, an entire generation, generation. Um, um, and, and you know you when know, we, we think, think about, about now, now but like, like you know Jay and, and Diddy and, and you know some, some of the guys, guys that kind of came up in the game a little bit after they did really they were some of the first ones that really took their group and really made a brand out of it because they had clothes they had dolls they had all of these different things or whatever you know and I mean nobody was really doing that type of stuff and they were the first ones that kind of flipped it and brought that business side into it too that hey this is more than just you know, you know, rapping about this or whatever. And I mean, don't get me wrong, you got an amazing collective of talent, you know, that's that's housed in that in that group or whatever, but they actually took and expanded out the horizons. Yes, they did. They talked about, well, they talked about, he talked about that this weekend. Method Man talked about how um, watching the, um, the old, 
you know, kung fu movies is what they did when they were nine years old on Saturdays. And so that was part of the really big influence of pulling the group together. And the Asian kind of inspired influence had everything to do with them watching those movies together. So, and, you know, reading some articles and everything about them, I didn't realize how cheaply they recorded this album. And I'm pretty sure the total cost was under $5,000. One of their biggest hit songs was recorded for 300 bucks, and that was um, Cream. That's That's crazy. crazy. Right? But, I mean... (laughs) We all remember the episode of Cribs with like Red Man and Method Man. <laughs> right. Literally, they just lived in an apartment complex. Yes, they and did. And they had no furniture. He took yep. the wires to ring his doorbell. <laughs> and I just fell out. That's <laughs> the worst. Those are some just re- like, and that's not a diss at all. They're just some regular dudes that are just like. They are. And that was, are. Of, that was one of my favorite things about them is that they were just so down to earth so New York and when they came out it really was that wave of bringing rap music back alive in New mm-hmm. York and on the East Coast so mm-hmm. super excited to celebrate the anniversary of that those are good those are good ones you had good ones mm-hmm. she's coming out the gates coming out the gates swinging with good stuff hey hey right <laughs> making it Making us have to step our game up a little bit. I don't like it. No, our, our recaps are usually pretty good. I think we do pretty good for the most part. Christina, what you got? So I just have one thing because looking at the show notes, I see you stole one of my other things. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, yesterday apparently was the 19th anniversary of the movie Fight Club. Which, oh. I don't know if you've ever seen Fight Club, but that movie's a trip. It's got um, Edward Norton and mm-hmm. Brad Pitt in it. It's a great movie. It's also got... Um, Helena Bowman Carter as a total nutcase, but then again, she pretty much plays a total nutcase in every other movie that she's in. Uh, outside of Ocean's 8, she wasn't that crazy in Ocean's 8, but it's a great movie. It's one of those movies you're going to have to watch twice because you're going to miss everything that makes... Oh, there's a young Jared Leto in it, too. A very blonde, yes. like, not Jesus-y looking Jared Leto. Um, just a fun head trip of a movie like you're gonna be so confused if you've never seen it you're gonna be confused the first time you see okay, it. okay so yeah um, you gotta raise in my hand i've never seen it it's really good you gotta check it out it's good okay. i haven't seen it in a long time but but it's a head trip yeah uh, like i'm not gonna spoil like the thing about the movie but you you're gonna watch this movie and be like uh what is going on <laughs> okay okay good i'll put it on my the, list the first time I saw it, I saw it with my sister because it's like my sister's favorite movie. I swear she's probably got three copies of it. Um, but like, I was just kind of like, I have no idea what just happened. Like, <laughs> you ever had those movies where you're just like, I don't, I don't know what just happened, but my life is like forever changed. Right. Is one of those movies. Well, you gotta like watch it multiple times to really be able to kind of digest everything that's going on. Exactly. And then once you watch it a second time around, like after you get to the punchline at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, I get it now. So you you see the movie, (laughs) you watch it the second time with like a whole different set of eyes because you know how it ends and basically what's happening. And you're just like, oh, still nothing makes sense, but more things make sense than it did, which is why you have to probably watch it a couple of times. But Brad Pitt is amazing in it and he's shirtless for quite a bit of it, which is always a fun experience. Um, Edward Norton, not so much. I'm just not attracted to Edward Norton. No shade to him. <laughs> no, I, me but... either. He's very, he's a very odd looking man to me. But I mean, there's a lot of fighting going on. Um, 
and there are rules and things and it's just it's a fun movie Makes is fight club streaming it. or is it not i don't know i want to say it was on netflix at one point but i don't think it is anymore um well, but, you know how they I mean, are they just rip things on and off and don't tell nobody without warning that's just that's rude, rude man, man. Netflix, netflix you gotta warn people, people stuff is leaving it Right. Like, <laughs> I think they've actually started a queue now where you can actually see where some things are, what, you know, what's kind of leaving and stuff. And then sometimes people have a, people have like lists out there. I don't know who curates these lists, but some, you know, certain websites like Variety and those folks like that will kind of have lists out there about kind of like what's coming and what's going. So I try yeah. to look at those sometime, but still, I feel like there's a, there should be a better and clearer way for them to let us know you know, when something leaving, when, when something yeah. going. The only way you really know that I really know now is like if I specifically look for something and click on it. And then it's gone. And then it'll tell you, no, but then <laughs> it'll you tell you, okay, this it. is leaving on November 15th. Yeah, yeah okay. Now. Yeah, I never paid attention thing. to that. Yeah. I would just search like for something and boom, it's gone. And then it just not be there anymore. Right. It just give you those like similar, similar titles. Right. <laughs> right. For three ninety nine, you can rent this. Right. <laughs> Like, I was pretty heartbroken when they took Avatar The Last Airbender off of Netflix because, like, I can binge watch that show all day, every day. Um, and But that's why I ended up eventually buying it. Um, Fight Club is not on Netflix. I just looked, but mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain, you know, you can find it on the interwebs somewhere. I'm not encouraging anybody to illegally download anything, but, you know, go Redbox it or something. It costs you $1.50. Watch it twice. Um, I'll have to check drink. it out. There should be a Fight Club drinking game. There's got to be one somewhere, but definitely like have a drink or two while you're watching it because it's it's one of those. It's a doozy. It sounds like I might need it. All I remember is the bar of soap with Fight Club on it. Yeah, that that's that's a big thing in the movie. They make soap for some odd reason. I'm not entirely sure. Okay, why they're making soap, but they yeah they make soap in the movie. Uh, Movies a trip. Like I can't really say a whole lot about it just because if you if you oh, say I'm too sorry. much then you're gonna like then you're gonna no, no, ruin no. it. No, but I mean if I have to watch it multiple times, I'm pretty sure if you say something, it's not gonna ruin it because I'm gonna have to watch it again. Because anyway. you're not you're not gonna know what's going right. on in the first place. Right. I mean, you, <laughs> it's not like you don't know they're making soap. They're def like you can definitely tell they're making soap. Now, how they get the supplies to make soap is also a riot in the movie, but. You have to watch it. So okay. go watch Mike Club, Nikita. Right. You're going to love it. I sure will. Or only if you promise to listen to Wu-Tang. I can I do that. that. <laughs> I have title. I'm fairly certain it's on title. So, yeah, we'll do that. That's I'll a fair that. exchange. I will listen to that on the way to Charlotte tomorrow. Okay. Well, I have just a couple quick things today so that we can go ahead and kind of get into the meat of our episode. So we have come up on the 25th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which, I mean, how can you not love The Nightmare Before Christmas? It's Tim, it's like classic Tim Burton. If you do not like that movie, then we cannot be friends. Creepy. And I remember watching it as a kid. And I mean, we were pretty young, you know, when that came out. Because I think it was around like 93, 94 or something like that. But I wasn't afraid of it. Like it was, it was, it was dark and it had some like scary elements and stuff. But it was just kind of. It just felt like so enthralling. Like, I feel like I just got caught up in the world when I watched it. And I haven't seen Same. it in years. Um, but when I saw it, it a few years ago, I was like, wow, this really holds up. Like It does. As um, a really good fantasy, you know, fantasy type of movie. Yeah, my, see it. my kids were talking about it um, the other day. As, 
you know, they were picking out different scary movies, which, by the way, none of them are equipped to handle scary movies. They are but not. But the oldest, some re- for some reason, is petrified of this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Not even Did you kidding. say why? She just said it was creepy. And that's where she left it. So I'm not <laughs> sure what the issue is. <laughs> it's really not that bad. No, it's I not. I have an entire trilogy of movies. She thinks like Jack Skellington gonna come head. out her closet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'd be scared if Jack Skellington came out of my closet. So I'd be like, "What are you doing here?" Like... <laughs> she talking to him. Of I all mean, the but places. Would you Would you really turn around and just say, "What are you doing here?" Uh, probably. I'd be like, I'm very confused. Like, why? Like, I know. Like the trees don't lead, like the trees in the forest don't lead to my house. So how did you get right, here? Right, so how did you get here? Mm-hmm. And this is why you were a Powerpuff girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just facing danger with no fear. She ain't gonna scream or run or do any of that stuff. Christina wants to know why. Yeah, Jack no. Is there. Cause this one right and here would be gone. Bill? Cause if he ain't paid a bill, then she gonna make him get out. Right. Literally. Like, don't kidnap another holiday or something like get away from me <laughs> yeah no run but if you guys haven't seen nightmare before christmas shame on you um right. i'm just joking i let people enjoy what they want to enjoy but i think you should check it out it'd be a there... perfect time to kind of check it out like you know we're right here towards the end of the year exactly perfect it's time perfect to check movie. it out i will make an argument that the nightmare before christmas is both a halloween movie and a christmas movie um i'm I with you on that halloween one movie. i'm with you on that one i think yeah. it could be both it's both. No, it's um, definitely both. And also, like, at least one movie theater chain is going to put it in theaters every year around this time. I know the theater that I work at will be having it, like, for all week at the end of the month. So if you want to go see it, you should definitely go see it. Like, it's great in theaters. Some theaters will even have it in 3D. It's pretty awesome to watch in 3D. But I'm definitely going to see it. Ooh, I've never seen times. it in 3D before. Oh, that could be awesome. Now you got me thinking, but I can't take That's my fine. kids with me. They scared of everything, but I can go by myself. Wait, Adrian is scared of everything? Uh, she's going to be scared of it. She's like... not scared of everything, but she's going to be scared of that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, don't, know. I don't think she's going to make it through that. And plus, I don't want anybody telling me that Jack Skeleton is living under their bed and they want to come sleep in the bed with me. So Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's, my, That's my son's coping mechanism. Whenever there's a scary movie put on, he climbs in the couch next to me, and before the credits roll, he's asleep. Oh, wow! Yeah, he just goes to sleep. We were watching uh, Paranormal Activity the other night, oh, and yeah. when, I, I why are you watching too? that yeah. movie with your child? <laughs> with all my kids, they wanted to okay. watch it. It was their idea. This is idea. a questionable decision. Yeah, I'm not sure it was really. Idea. If I agree with that, so listen, they decided they wanted to do it. You know, it's October. They're feeling all Halloween and festive and everything. So they say, "Hey, let's watch a scary movie." So they picked it. So the scene where the door slams, my son says, "Nah, bro." I'm going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's his body shutting down. It's that fear that rises up in you and it just, it shuts everything down. Right. I'm just going to nope out of this real quick. Yeah, nope. Nope out. I love that. I know know who not to depend on in a scary situation because he just going to go somewhere and go to sleep. Yeah. Nah, bro. I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm going to start saying that to people. Nah, bro. I'm just going to go to sleep. 
it's gonna be, be my new thing. My new thing. Like, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm gonna good. go to sleep I'm now. Go to sleep now. <laughs> yeah, that paranoia activity is kind of wild. But, but moving on, other thing that I have is, and it ties right into today's topic, like I like to do sometimes as much as I can. This week is the 24th anniversary of when Will, not Will Smith, but the Will Smith from the TV show, started dating Lisa. So anybody that's a fan of the show knows that. Lisa, Lisa was, was kind of, of one of the main girlfriends, girlfriends that Will had, and they, they almost got, got married and all of this stuff, stuff but, but a lot of people may not remember um, when they when first met, Lisa was like in a sorority that was like all anti-man and everything like that, and so she took Will up to this cabin, and they, you know, played all these jokes on him and all this stuff like that, and she pretty much ended up flipping around everything that she felt and falling in love with Will. So 24 years ago did that happen. Like, it's still so hard for me to think about, I mean, I know the 90s, were a good chunk of time ago, but it's so hard for me to think about something happening in the 90s and it being 24, 25, you know, coming up on 30 years ago. It is a little unreal. I, um, you know, when I think about the Fresh Prince, it's it's almost like it brings me right back to yesterday. I feel like I was just yesterday watching it as a teenager or watching it in college and you know, mm-hmm. I not only watched it when it first debuted, but I watched it all throughout, you know, my adulthood. And so when I look back, I don't think of it as 20 years ago. It's just mind blowing to think about the fact that that episode is 24 years old. And that was in like season five. Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> like, crazy. that's the crazy thing. Like the show debuted in like 90. Because it ran for six seasons. Right. So, I mean, that's that's so crazy to me. Like, I mean, for me, The Fresh Prince, like I said, again, it was something that I kind of came into because it was something that you were watching that you were into. Um, and so the first run that went through, I was really, really young, you know, at that time or whatever. And so, you know, you kind of have vague memories of it. But it's one of those shows. It's kind of like Saved by the Bell and other shows like that that became kind of like 90s, you know, classics kind of centered around teens that just always seemed like it was in syndication. So it was always on. Yeah, right. Like I remember it being on TV when I was in middle school and I remember it reruns when I was in high school. And um, I even remember when I was in college, like during my college years in the mid 2000s, me and my roommate, like we would Fresh Prince and Saved by the Bell were like two of the shows that came on in the morning time where we were getting ready for class. And so we would be watching Saved by the Bell and watching Fresh Prince. Like it was just always a part of a, a part of our life. I think it's. And not just The Fresh Prince, but so many shows from that time, too. It's just such a nice time capsule of what it was like back then. You look at, like, how they dressed and how they interacted with each other. Because this is a time before, you know, cell phones and, you know, people being kind of tuned into computers and everything like that. And so you had different ways that the teenagers interacted with each other back then. And um, it just kind of all comes together and just really makes you kind of reminisce about that time and think about how much fun it was to be you know either a teenager or to be a kid of the 90s and kind of coming of age during that time mm-hmm. yeah and i do i mean the guests like it's crazy like you look back at yeah like boys the men and you know so tevin campbell and so many people like that there were such big stars at that time or whatever and i mean it's it's so dope and when people try to say oh well you know thinking about possibly when they were talking about the whole fresh prince reboot thing i'm like no no mm-hmm. Leave it where don't it do it because it just doesn't work for this audience. I don't think the type of humor that was used then works. Um, the situational um, humor that they kind of inserted in, people interact with each other differently now. Oh, yeah. So you wouldn't have those same type of 
interactions between like Ashley and Will and you know Carlton and Hillary and them that you would that you know that you would have now would be completely different. Yeah, it would. I mean, what does it look like? Like Hillary on Instagram taking right, selfies right. all day? I just don't see Her it. And Ashley, I really don't. I really don't see it. But I, the thing that always amazes me about Fresh Prince in particular is, well, it's two things. One, the two main writers were were white. And so it was really mm-hmm. instrumental for them to have that relationship with um, Will, especially once they casted him, to help them kind of understand how to translate his character to the audience. Because at that particular point in time, hip hop hadn't really been introduced at that level on a television show. And I think that's why it was so popular with the people of my generation because it was our first time on mainstream TV seeing characters that were, you know, portraying hip hop in the culture and everything that we were living at that moment in time. The only difference between us and them was that they were exceptionally wealthy. You know, the Cosbys were um, middle-class, a little above average, but you know, Will and his family were were wealthy. The banks were wealthy, you know, literally. And so that was um, a divide, but it really wasn't because they were so down to earth and everything that they brought and the richness of the characters in the show and the interactions. It was just that one show for me that was transformational. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, when you go back to saying how Will kind of was so instrumental in kind of building that show and everything. It was such a pivotal time at Will's life because he had, you know, kind of gotten his little blow up with, you know, as a rapper with, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff. He had squandered a bunch of money. You know, he was basically about to file bankruptcy. Things were pretty much in the craps with him. And then this lands in his lap. Right. This opportunity. So this was his chance. Like he was either about to be a has been or he was going to make something out of this. Right. And so I think that's why he poured so much into it. Like he, um, I remember reading an interview that he did where he said that he, when he was first learning, you know, kind of how to act and and being on the set and everything, you got to remember like James Avery and, you know, and folks like that were kind of seasoned actors and actresses already. Mm -hmm. Um, So when he was there, he he, he was new to this. He's just a kid that's basically playing himself like a dramatized version of himself on TV. He learned everybody's lines because he was so afraid that he was going to forget his. And like when you go back and look at those early episodes, it's funny because he talks about how terrible he was. And we didn't really notice it then because we're just so into Will, because like you said, he's he was such a relatable character or whatever. He's just like this, you know, this dude from the hood trying to make it. It would have been just like if you had taken any of us and kind of transplanted us into that life. But you could see him like mouthing the words to other people. Oh, that's so interesting. I never I never noticed that. I'll, I'll probably notice it now that you mention it. Yeah, and I never noticed that until he said that, but he was saying that that's, you know, he just poured so much of himself into it and just really wanted to make it seem as authentic and, you know, and as real as he possibly could or whatever. Um, And it's what changed his life, you know? I mean, he was, you know, again, he was at this crossroads where he was either going to slip into oblivion as it has been, or he was going to rise up and become something, something greater and better. And, and, you know, we kind of see how that worked out. and I definitely agree with you about the characters and stuff, too. I, I, you know, I don't think there's out of the core cast, there's nobody there. Usually on a show, there's at least one person that you just really don't like. Mm-hmm. Or it's a character that just kind of, yeah. you know, takes up space, pay, takes up space, excuse me. Or it's like a a filler or something like that. But I feel like every character there had a great and specific purpose. 
Um, I love that there were four kids, including Will, because when you look mm-hmm. at most TV shows, it tends to have, except for like the Cosby's and a couple of outliers, a lot of shows tend to have three kids. Yeah. yeah. So I like that they had an even number of kids or whatever to kind of match them up in different ways. Um, and each character felt believable, felt real, you know, felt authentic. And when you look back at like the very beginning, you look towards the end or whatever, and you look at everybody, everybody had a nice and well-defined character arc. Okay, so I have to disagree with you about the filler characters because I didn't really see the point in Nikki. I'm talking when I say the we, yeah I'm talking about the main like cast like the kids you know I mean? yeah uh, the the actual yeah the actual people that matter <laughs> yeah I, I see I don't really think thing. of Nikki as like main cast per se yeah and I don't know why because I mean he's definitely a Banks kid or whatever but he I just is. really don't think of him and I, maybe it's because he just kind of came along you know later and was just kind of shoehorned in there or whatever he really didn't serve a purpose but I just really. I don't really think of him as main cast. Like when I think of main cast in my mind, I think about the core four. Yeah, I do too. I don't, I, he was, but he definitely to me was a filler. And that was, you know, toward the point in time where the show was starting to, you know, what I think, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't as good as it was at one point in time. And once they introduced that, it just kind of changed the whole dynamic of the show. The best part about Nikki was... He came in towards the end, didn't he? He did. did. See, they were going to cancel the show after season four. Remember when Will went back to visit his moms and them and spent the summer out in Philly? That's right. They were supposed to end the show then, but fans loved it so much that they ended up bringing it back for for those last two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime a show brings in like a younger child, it always like it's one of those jump the shark moments where you're just like, yeah, they're trying to bring in like the introduce some cute or something like that. Yeah. Just, just stop bringing extra kids in and like. Yeah, because Lauren, I ain't gonna lie. Like when you brought up Nikki and stuff, I almost was like, who? (laughs) Same. What's that? See? Because when I think about the kids, I just think about the 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 core kids. Like I, I forget all about him. Bless him. Oh, that episode where the they built the crib and it shot the baby out i was secretly hoping they was gonna put him in there and just shoot him out just and be get rid done of with him. him oh my god that's so mean i i wouldn't go that far um i just kind of wish he had just never come into the picture in the first place because honestly i just don't and even when you look at like cast pictures like when they reunite and stuff now like where's nikki he ain't in none of them He's cast never pictures. in any other pictures. No. Well, listen, because nobody, ca- nobody cares. Let's not act like they didn't just kill people off on the show now. Well, <laughs> just I mean, you did come back with a whole nother Aunt Viv, so that was a thing. <laughs> so, and you know, Trevor. <laughs> Let's not forget about oh, that. Man, poor, oh poor Trevor. God. But again, like I said, those are like secondary characters, you know, <laughs> to me. Like in my mind, I don't think of him as like a primary character. I think of like the core, core people that were there from like day one, like as the main characters. Yeah, Tre- I would include Trevor. Jazz. I would include Jazz as a main character before I include Trevor. I agree. Very true. Everybody wanted a friend like Jazz. Man, Jazz was just, he just showed up for like the shenanigans and the foolishness. Right. And then he'd just get kicked out and then he'd be that's back next time he, as more shenanigans. Like, that's, that's because my he was the shenanigans and the foolishness. <laughs> yes, he was. Because <laughs> I remember like, they, somebody had like a meme up and it was saying like one got to go and they had like bruh man, Steve Urkel, Jazz, and somebody else that was, I guess, supposed to be annoying or whatever. And I was like, honestly, everybody can go except for Jazz. Like, I know Jazz is the thing. Yeah, Jazz was awesome. 
Like who didn't like who didn't like jazz? Like I don't know. I honestly wish that there was more of jazz on the show. I do too. And I, Me too. And I really need somebody to do a compilation. I know it's I know it exists, but like a compilation of all the times Uncle Phil threw him out of the house. It's the but same. But you know thing. what? It's the same video. Yeah. Like if you've never noticed that or whatever, no matter thing. what he's wearing, he's always wearing the same thing. He get thrown out. Like they recorded that tape one time. It was just like you know what. Nobody's gonna notice. Let's just let's just keep throwing them out with the same clothes. And on. I'm, I'm sure like, Jazz is like, you know what? You're not gonna keep throwing me out this door 15 times. Right. <laughs> I've been they bamboozled. Just, they I've left that man like... with the same girl. He got on that same like it's like a black and brown like right. print shirt. Like <laughs> never it's so funny when I see it because no matter what he has on, <laughs> that black and brown printed shirt is on his body when he flies through the air. That's right. <laughs> like what are y'all doing? I have been bamboozled. Christina is like in shock right now. <laughs> I am a little bit actually. I don't even know why I never put that together, but I'm just like, well, now I feel quite sheepish. And I don't even remember it. Like, I don't even remember exactly when I put it together, but I just remember watching one day and being like, huh, that's not what Jazz had on when he, when he got escorted to the door or when they took him to the door. Like, what's going on? And I saw a couple more episodes with him in there, and I'm like, this fool got on the same shirt. Like, they ought to be, they ought to be ashamed of themselves. Hmm. <laughs> that's hysterical. So, what were you think about doing today? Because there's just so much to cover with The Fresh Prince. And of course, with six seasons, we can't go through every single episode, even though, you know, I dare say that the three of us like majority of the episodes. Like for me personally, I can't really think of an episode that I saw that was just like terrible. Like some were definitely better than others, but yeah. you know, I can't think of, oh my God, that was a horrible episode that I'd never watch again. So we decided to just kind of pick out a few episodes. So we're just gonna throw some out there. We'll be talking about them and everything. And then if you guys wanna continue the conversation or bring up any more episodes on Twitter, Instagram, any of those places, feel free to just jump in, tweet us, use that hashtag, and we can just kind of keep the conversation going that way. Because I know with me, like when I started thinking about episodes that I really like and that I, that I enjoy, I'm, I'm such a bookend type of person. So with a lot of shows that I've watched that are, you know, completed and finished shows, I love the pilot episode. And I usually, for the most part, like the finale. Um, if for nothing else, just to see the growth. So like when I go back, I love to watch the pilot episode of The Fresh Prince because I look at how the whole house was decorated and everything. I look at, you know, how Will was just like doing the most absolute ridiculous, fresh off of that taxi that he took all the way from Philly, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Did he fly there? What, how did you get there, Will? Yeah, but either way. No, that was never he, clear. <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, because it made it seem like he's like, you know, your home's the Bel Air and then he pulls up he in the same taxi. Up. I'm like... You took a taxi all the way across America? Well, right. What was that, that adventure like? What are you doing? very expensive trip, and I'm fairly certain Uncle Phil did not like seeing the bill for that if he took a taxi no. from Philly to California. How you get? How did you get there, Will? That's what we really need to know. One of life's great mysteries. <laughs> but I mean, I do. I love that first episode because, you know, you look at the characters and how they were, and then when I think about, like, that very last scene with Will, like, standing in the living room, everything's gone, everybody's gone, and you just look at how differently he's dressed, how much he's grown up, like, we literally watched all of these kids kind of really come into their own through yeah, the show. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, and there's so many funny moments in that pilot episode, too. You've got, like, you know, when Will, like, sneaks up on Ashley and she's got the headset in her room, um, and she's dancing, and he just, like, comes behind her and starts, like, doing the wave with her and stuff. <laughs> 
got on sneakers and a suit coat and a hat. And I'm just like, what are you, what you doing? doing? <laughs> did he have like a cumberbund up to like his chest? Yes. Instead of like down his yes, waist? he did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Girl, he had rap. He had actually rapping at dinner. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this stupid, stupid food. food. <laughs> and, I was like, <laughs> and I mean, Will and, and you know, Will is just hilarious. Carlton's like mesmerized by him because I mean, he's literally. It's like Will is like an alien that has like landed from another planet. Like right. he's never met a person like Will before. He's like, I don't even know life. what to do with this. Right. Like, well, who is this guy and what is going on? And Uncle Phil is like, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. Look, I need to send him back. Right we now. need to send him back to Philly. <laughs> just let him go ahead and fight that boy that was there on the on the basketball court because <laughs> he's not gonna be able to stay here with us. Get him out of here! It's like I have made a terrible mistake. Yeah, pretty much. Right. I mean, but like I said, for that episode, I just I do I love pilot episodes. I like to go back and look and see what the characters were like then and just kind of compare it to how they ended up in the re- in the very end. Yeah, the pilot episode was a really good one because it was just so full of um, us getting to know Will, you know, right. and just how he was and how silly he was. Just so super, super goofy, you know, dancing to the drums. And that scene was so epic. It was the funniest thing. I, I, I think the first time oh. I saw it, it's like I one of my favorite memes. I stop laughing. It really, <laughs> it really is. It was hysterical. It really was. And it was just so, um, I, that probably for me was the moment where I was like, okay, I love this guy. He is so funny. I have to watch this every time it's on. And I just remember like being a kid and um, trying to figure out how to record the show just because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it and even mm-hmm. one time I remember putting a um, cassette tape into a radio and recording the audio just so I could just hear so could what hear they it. had to say on the show wow yeah. <laughs> it was crazy yeah I mean but like you said there was really nothing else like there out there like that i mean because you had other shows on like you're saved by the bells and things like that but this was centered around a black teenage experience that's right and a black coming of age experience when you look at ashley kind of being that younger sibling the youngest sibling for a while um being that younger sibling and we really watched her kind of come of age and grow up on that you know on that show and i think she was kind of one of the characters that really resonated with me being a bit younger Mm -hmm. because you know i could kind of identify you know with her so you had people like her and you know, and, and Rudy and, you know, on the on the Cosby show and people yeah. like that, that I felt like, okay, I can look at this person and I can kind of see a bit of me in there. You know, again, even though because she was rich and all of that stuff like that. But when you kind of took away all of that, like the basic things she dealt with, like the one episode where she, you know, was really uh, into, gosh, and I can't even remember what they called him in the episode or whatever, but either way, it was the episode where she wanted to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. And she had like, you know, met this guy and thought he was really cute and they wanted to talk about it. And so Carlton and Will, bless their hearts, they tried the best to be like the best surrogate parents they could be. So they like go to the clinic and try to get information about sex. And neither one of they're too chicken and stupid to admit that neither one of them know Anything. a bunch of nothing. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're trying to like be at the clinic like, well, I don't need this information. You know, Will's like, I know about sex. You know, I'll be having sex. I'm like, nobody's having sex. With Nobody. Him. You weren't having sex. Carlton definitely was not having sex. None of you knew what you were talking about. Just get the, just get your information and go. 
But, but they, they tried at least. They did. They tried to be supportive older brothers. But the only thing that killed me about the episode was like when Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv sat down to talk with Ashley about sex, like literally the credits were rolling. And I think that's kind of what gets me sometimes with like those, uh, the sitcoms back then because they're only 30 minutes, you know, yeah. 22 mm-hmm. minutes or so after you take away commercial breaks and stuff is that they pack so much story into such, such a short amount of time. And then by the time you get to the end, that's really when the resolution is coming, but you don't get that full resolution because then it rolls on. And there were a few, few, few two-parters in The Fresh Prince, but for the most part, it was like other sitcoms where, you know, you just go to the next episode and it's a completely yep. different situation. And apparently whatever happened before just didn't happen. Like, people would start dating people, and then the next episode, nope. They are gone. They don't date anymore. And that's you see true. People and then you just never see them again. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I never thought about that, but that's that's a great point that you make, because the storyline just dies. And now, the difference between then and now in the shows that are on, it's just so different. You get really yeah. deep and involved. You get more seasonal you, arcs. Yeah. Right, and yeah. you get you know, so attached to the characters just in a different way. You get invested in their story and this, you know, they really kept it light. So when things happen, they just moved on to the next thing. And like you said, you kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Um, It's that quick wrap up. Like I said, I mean, they literally would be wrapping up like a major problem. It could be like about murder and people would wrap it up like right as the credits are rolling. And then the next episode, everybody's back. It was something else and everything was good. Something else. Right. Right. So, Christina, what's, what's like, an episode when you think about The Fresh Prince? Like, what's one of the first episodes that comes to mind? So, my favorite episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is the one where, uh, I think Uncle Phil goes out of town or goes somewhere, and he tells Will Smith not to drive the car. Like, the fancy car that he's got, he's like, don't drive it. And he, Will Smith's an idiot, and he did the exact thing that he wasn't supposed to do and ends up losing the car in a pool game. In the pool game? (laughs) Yes, I remember that. (laughs) So he has to call Uncle Phil and Uncle Phil is like the biggest G of like in the history of the world because, you know, he plays stupid like he doesn't know how to play pool and it's like, I'm going to get my car back. So like the first game they play, everything's all, you know, Uncle Phil loses. And then next thing you know, like he's, you know, playing silly and like, he, he looks, looks at Jeffrey, Jeffrey and he's like, like, all right, Jeffrey, break out Lucille. Right. And the next thing you know, he, <laughs> he had his own like, pool stick. Jeffrey yeah, pulls I remember a that. pool stick like out of his pants. Right. Where did that pool stick go from? <laughs> yeah, what way? Where were you hiding that? Pulls it to like puts it together. And then like the next like montage is Uncle Phil wiping the floor with the guy. And the guy's like has to pay him like a hundred dollars ball. And he gets the car back. And right. it's like Uncle Phil saves the day. And he's like, this is why I told you not to take the car and go to the pool hall. She didn't want to listen. And he got the car stolen. <laughs> like, Uncle Phil was just... Uncle Phil was the man. man. <laughs> he really like, was. I think about that video that... Uh, that was going around on on social media and stuff of Oprah when she did that interview if somebody asked her about Gail mm-hmm. and she was like you know mm-hmm. she's the friend that everyone would want she's the mother that everyone wished they had like if you just flip that around you could just stick Uncle Phil's name in there yeah, like he is could. literally the friend that everyone wants he's like the dad that everyone needed like he was such a believable dad yes. to me yes he was because his emotions were you know it was just this broad variety of him 
casting his emotions out about whatever it was you know if he was really upset about something and he yelled you could feel it in your soul you yes. know you're like oh I was scared <laughs> he's yelling <laughs> oh no he's yelling you think that he is yelling at you and that's exactly you right there. him yelling right. I mean well. but then he could flip it around too and be just so you know tender and and loving and you know you've got him and he's He's really somebody that really like started from the bottom and rose their way up. So I like that he knew about both sides of the coin, you know, and I love that they did that with his character instead of just making him somebody that, you know, making it seem like he just, you know, oh, I've just always been affluent and rich and had all of this stuff. Like he was a country boy from North Carolina. Right. And, you know, he uh, marched with, you know, he marched and protested, you know, against racism and things like that. He's got, you know, hidden hood talents, like being able to shoot pool and, you know, and do all of this stuff. And I mean, he could, you know, stand up in a courtroom and be able to argue a case effectively, but then he could also read somebody down, you know? Oh yeah. Like he was on the street corner or whatever. Like I, I just, I love that about Uncle Phil so much. Um, I mean, he definitely, you know, had some of his faults here and there and stuff like any other dad, but at the end, I mean, he just had such a fierce love for all of his kids. And once Will kind of came into that fold, he really didn't treat him any different than he treated any of his other kids. And I love that he had the same, you know, expectations and pushed him and motivated him to be, you know, to do the best that he could and still loved him through all of the dumbness that he went through, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny because when we were going through, you know, or when I was going through episodes to try and figure out, okay, what, what did I want to hone in on? The whole relationship between Will and Uncle Phil was just awesome because he didn't treat him any differently than he did the other kids or have different expectations. I actually on my honorable mentions list had the episode where uh, Uncle Phil's like college friend or fraternity brother wanted to give Will a job and he was mm -hmm. asking him to deliver packages and air quotes. Oh, yeah. Do you remember mm -hmm. that episode? Yeah, packages. Right. Uh. And it was, you know, money that was very suspect and, you know, it was just it was so interesting how it all came to a head because Will was nervous. He didn't want to disappoint Uncle Phil by not continuing to work the job, you know, and before he knew what was going on, he enjoyed all the perks, the clothes, he got to drive the nice car, you know, right. it was a great job until he figured out what was really going on. And he really had this struggle internally about what to do and what was the right decision to make and if he was going to upset his uncle. And he made the right decision, which said a lot about the character that had been, you know, the character and the values that had been instilled in him over the course of the development of his own character that he played. So right. all along, you know, Phil and Vivian were doing the right thing and helping to helping him to grow and shape and, you know, become a person that makes ethical and, you know, morally sound decisions. And, you know, I just remember that scene where he found out he quit the job and his first instinct was to yell at him about it and get upset about it and say, Hey, you know, right. why did you do that? And then once he found out what the issue was, he completely flipped the switch on this dude and kicked him out of the house. And it was the best form of justice. I just remember being so excited right. that he was kicking him out because he found out what he was doing, but just that he stood up for him and he always did that. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, and he, he, he was, was never, never above, above apologizing. Exactly. And I think that's, that's something that you didn't really see in TV back then with a lot of dads because either they were like the, you know, the hard nose, you know, I'm right, I'm right. And what I say goes all the time. 
and you're a kid so whatever you know your your feelings and your and whatever you're feeling and thinking and stuff isn't valid or they were just like the goofball where right. the wife did everything and he was just like you know on the couch or like tripping over my own feet or whatever right. but yeah. i mean he was a competent dad he was an involved dad and he was somebody that would talk, talk to, to the kids and say you know what, what? i was wrong to say what i said or to do what i did towards you and for that, that i apologize yeah and i wish we had seen more of that with dads and i mean that's a big lesson that parents have to learn you know and that's definitely one that i've had to learn you know you have to humble yourself you think because you're older you know everything right you know but sometimes you have to realize you're human and you're wrong and um you know it is such a great example of good parenting and what a parent really can be and the relationship that you can have with a kid when you are willing to humble yourself Well, and going through his, you know, looking back at his range of emotions as a character. And for me, that was my first time, you know, really seeing a character go through a full range of emotions, you know, because with like with the Cosby show, watched a lot of that. You got the comedy, you got a little bit of the seriousness, but for the most part, it was the comedy and the lightheartedness that went along with the show. You know, the lessons as a parent, like you said, it was kind of more the, you know, Claire was the person with the range of emotions. But for me, seeing him as a man, you know, cry and yell Mm -hmm. and be upset and hug the kids and, you know, do all of these different things that you hadn't traditionally seen and especially from a a black father on TV. There weren't very many, but at that point in time, you hadn't seen that from a character. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just, that's why he resonated with so many people. You know, again, I think people that, you know, didn't have fathers around or maybe there were fathers in the home, they kind of wish they could have gotten a piece of Uncle Phil. Yeah. In their own lives, you know, I mean, because he was there. He was dependable. Um, You know, of course, everybody automatically thinks about that wonderful, awesome scene where Will's dad walks out. And, you know, the whole time that Will is just kind of going through and processing his emotions and he's like, you know, I'm going to find me a fine honey and I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do this without him and that without him. Uncle Phil just stood there and listened. Right. He didn't say anything. He just knew that he needed to get that out and he let him get it out. And then, I mean, he just says, why don't he want me, man? I'm like, oh my God. Right. No matter how many times I see that, it just makes me want to cry. And he just grabbed him and hugged him. He knew that, you know, there was nothing he could like say to fix that right. working situation, but, that's but what that he, he just needed. needed his presence, that's you know? That's right. That's what he needed. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, it's just so much in that scene. Um, and I've also read from a couple of sources that it was a scene that was mostly ad-libbed. And I love that so much because, I mean, that just that's just a testament to how much Will had grown as an actor by that point. And it really was the first time that I think a lot of people took Will serious because it's like, okay, yeah, he could play the funny guy, you know, he could be the goofball and all the stuff like that. But it was kind of, you know, like I said, the Will on TV and Will in real life really weren't that much different. (laughs) I mean, besides the fact that Will in real life was probably maybe just a few years older than, you know, than TV Will. Right. Um, But, you know, it's just I love so much that 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 scene happened because that was really when people looked at Will and was like, okay, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, that scene was iconic and it really resonated. And I'll, you know, I'm perfectly fine with being candid. You know, it really resonated with me because early on, you know, kind of in our younger days, we had a little bit of a tumultuous relationship with our father. And I think in a lot of ways, he was trying to find himself. And so we really didn't get the kind of experience that 
I think most kids were hoping for. So that's where, you know, Phil, Uncle Phil drops in and comes into play. But with this particular episode, it really did resonate because, you know, I saw it when I, when it first aired. But like you said, this is one of those shows that's always on TV. And I think I saw it through a different set of lenses when I was in college because that was the time where, you know, my relationship with my particular relationship with my father was was in, you know, really, really um, difficult straits. And yeah. it just shook me to the core because a lot of what he was saying were were things that I was feeling and um pretty sure other kids have felt before too where it's like man is it my fault you know what did I do wrong right. am I not yeah, good I enough mean, he said you why know? don't he want me I mean he just sounded yeah. like a child he did you know I mean he still was a kid you know I mean a you know a young a young man or whatever but I mean he sounded like a a small child like a preschool child you know yeah. I mean just like why you know I mean and that's <laughs> Wow. I mean, like, just thinking about it just kind of stirs up like an emotion, like in the pit of my stomach, like right now, even talking about it or whatever, because it was just so real. And like I said, I just love Uncle Phil's reaction, because I think a lot of times um, and not to kind of generalize, you know, men's reactions to things, but I think a lot of times men are fixers. Um, And so they usually are listening to something to try to provide a solution or something like that. And I love that. Again, Uncle Phil just listened and was just there and was just present for him and just offered that hug and just brought him in. Like, you know, why don't he want me when he opened his arms and let him in? He was like, I I do. Right. If he don't want you, I do. If he don't have your back, I got your back or whatever, you know, no matter what. Definitely an iconic scene. And I think, like you said, it was a pivotal moment in his career where people saw him differently because over the course of the seasons you know he he's this goofy kid and then he comes into his own just in this one scene how much of a difference it made as far as how people saw him as an actor so I think that you know if if he had to talk about a turning point in his career I definitely would say this was one of them yeah and we'll always had those I think, I think the, the character, character always kind of had, like, the remnants of who he could be. Like, we, we always saw, like, bits and hints of it here and there. Like, one episode that I really like um, is the My Brother's Keepers episode. And so that was the one that featured Alan Payne, where he was the basketball player, Marcus, who played for um, the high school that was on the rough side of, you know, basically on the rough side of town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Will in that episode because, you know, of course, they're all competitive they're braggadocious you know he kind of you know understands Marcus to a certain degree because he know what it's like to be a dude from the hood you know finds out Marcus is a dad um, of a young son and that he's really trying to get a scholarship and Will purposely blows the game so that way Marcus can look good and really shine in front of the recruiter Um, and so they get together after the game and you know they're shooting ball and stuff together and you know he's like man why'd you miss that shot like I know your game why'd you miss that shot or whatever he was like I want to do it for you and he was like you know no I'm still going to be okay anyway you know even if I get the scholarship or not, I'm still going to go to school. I still want a degree and stuff like that. And I mean, it, you know, of course it was a, it was a bit misguided because him thinking that, you know, oh, if I miss this shot, this will somehow change this guy's life. But the fact that he even had like the heart and kind of that moral foundation to even want to do that and to care enough back then, I mean, just shows that, hey, Will had multiple layers and there was, there was a lot more to this kid than what most episodes would normally show or whatever so I loved episodes like that where you got to see where Will made you know the best decisions that he could make with what he knew at the time and I really loved Alan Payne in that episode too like as Marcus I would have loved to again you know how you just go on to the next episode and you never hear from this character again I would have loved for them to have bonded and like formed a friendship yeah I think that would have been awesome I love I 
just in general, you know, when you talk about characters that um, guest star, you know, as I started going back and looking through the Rolodex of people who guest starred on on here, it really was Mm -hmm. a lot of people. And I think what was so exciting, and especially for um, people that are are my age, you kind of came up watching the Cosby show and then you went right into you know, a different world. And then you got to see some of those characters on this show. So everything kind of strung together um, in a line and you were excited to see that. I know um, one of the episodes that I had down was um, when Will actually met Kayla Samuels, what's the name of the character, but it was Jasmine Guy. And I remember waiting for weeks for that episode to come on because I just loved her so much as Whitley. You know, I loved her as Whitley. And, um, you know, in my mind, I couldn't figure out how I was going to see her not being Whitley, you know, with the Southern accent. And it was one of the best episodes. just in terms of who she was and them fighting with each other and exchanging insults and, you know, Will being Will, but at the end of the day, he ended up winning her over and his charm kind of got the best of her. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was excited for that because she was on it. And, you know, there were so many other episodes with great people, Vivica, um, that one was on my list. You remember that one where he, oh where she played um, Jazz's bossy sister? Mm-hmm. She gave Will a run for his money in the episode. <laughs> like, Will, Will was, was sick, sick of her. <laughs> he really was. It was hysterical. I mean, she just was the worst. She was. She was bossy. She was controlling. And the funniest part of it all was the fact that Carlton was the one that could tame her. Right. Like, yes. Super unexpected. Oh that was God. out of left field. And I do. I love Vivica Fox, too. I actually had a chance to um, interview and speak with her last week. And she is just one of the most, well, not last week, a couple of weeks ago. And um, she's just one of the most down to earth, funny, genuine people that I've probably ever had a chance to encounter. And I mean, you really think about it like back during this time, like that was like at the height, you know, right there towards the height of her career. Because you was. had like, they would come back together again and do Independence Day in a few years. They would. That's crazy, right? Yeah. You know, like, and I never, I didn't even think about that until you just said that she was in the episode. I'm like, dang, like that was pre-Independence Day. Yep. By the way, small side note, don't ever watch the sequel to Independence Day. It is garbage. <laughs> you, uh, you asked me if I watched it and I said I hadn't and... I still don't want to. Yeah, yeah don't I mean, waste your time. In other words, it. is what like, she's I saying. I almost thought about it when you asked me, but then I was like, you know what? Don't ever. I don't think don't I want to do, do it. That. Don't do it. Don't. Just, just don't. Just, just save yourself. Okay, save so the yourself. sequel to that one is the one with the dude from Survivor's Remorse, right? Like the boy from that is playing the main character? I don't know who he is. It's a black dude, right? Yeah, it's a black guy. He's supposed to be Will's son, I think? Yeah, okay, so that's the dude from... And I love him on Survivor's Remorse, but I don't know. I just... Independence Day is just one of those movies. It's one of my favorites. And I'm like, no, no. Don't 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 ruin the experience by watching the second one. Okay, so where have I been? Because I didn't even realize there was another one. (laughs) Um... But now, now apparently, it doesn't even matter that there was another one. Like, all of this has happened in five minutes. (laughs) Like, I think two years ago, they came out with another one. Yeah, I think it was 2016. 
Yeah, so two years ago. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? I think There's it's... another one? Oh, never mind. Don't watch it. Independence Day Resurgence. Mm-mm. It's been on TV, which is how I ended up watching it. And mm. I was just kind of sleep watching it. But I was like, are yeah. you for re- Like, is this what we're doing Don't right resurge now? it. Leave it dead. <laughs> leave it dead. Don't do it. Just, just, just leave it where it is. Like, I would elaborate, but I don't feel like painting <laughs> the experience that is Independence Day. Yeah, we're not going to go over it again. For the rest of you. So just... Just stay away. Okay, so that's hysterical. But speaking of like guest race. characters, right? And you were talking about like Vivica and other people like that. Y'all remember the episode that? Well, it was. I think this was the first time that Queen Latifah was up there, and she was playing Hillary's boss. Like she was like a D-list yes. celebrity. Yes, Marissa. She <sighs> called her Hickory. That was right. hysterical. <laughs> what I'm understanding about this episode and me and christina have touched on this before about people setting people up on dates without other people or pimping people out without other people's permission it's it's illegal and you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) this is not how it works no so the the funny thing about this episode so general overall with the episode queen latifah she's d-list celebrity she's you know hillary's her assistant and she's like look hickory i'm about to fire you (laughs) if you don't set me up on a date with your cousin now, mind you, the character that she's playing is probably is assumed to be like bare minimum, like 45. Right. Like she's older, which is funny right. as heck, because Will Smith is actually older than Queen Latifah in real life. Oh, that's funny. Right. So they've got her playing like way older and they've got, you know, Will again. He is a teenager. Like they were in high school. This is before he <laughs> this is in the early days of the show. Like, I think this is like season one. So he's like a, a teenager, a high yeah, school kid. So he's like 16, the, 17. Where was the, you know. <laughs> the and statutory. Hillary's like, okay, and I'm like, no, you can't. You don't tell your assistant, hey, set me up on a date with your teenage cousin, or I'm going to fire you. This doesn't work in real life. This no, is not how this works. That's definitely. And then not. Hillary's like, and then Will's like, well, I'll do it, but then you got to go out on a date with Jazz. And I'm like, you know, the whole optics of this, of this situation are just bad. Yeah, like, we're just pimping each other out. You don't, you don't get to, you don't get to pimp your cousin out to keep a job. And. Marissa, shame on you. What are you doing? You're 45 years old dating a teenager. I just remember that scene where they were at dinner and she stood up and like said to somebody, oh, and he's younger or, or something right. like that. And I'm that. like, yeah, he's younger. He in high school. Woman, right. what you doing? <laughs> it's just gross. So I'm starting, I have a theory that like in in the, the universe that is like series, series like, like this, this, but like, like I wrote this in the notes, and this is a great time to bring it up because of, you know, Will Smith getting set up on a blind date. But, like, are Will Smith and Zach, like, TV show Will Smith and Zach Morris friends in real life? Because they seem like very similar characters, always getting into, like, some crazy situations that nobody in their right mind should be getting into, but, like, somehow just always into some craziness, like dating older women, pimping your friends out. Right. Losing the car. Like, what is it? <laughs> Drinking one beer and crashing the car. Like, right. Like Zach and them did. I'm like, you had one beer, sir. You're not drunk. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because when I kind of compared them at first in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, there's no comparison because Zach Morris is like absolutely like unequivocally trash, like a trash person, well, yes, a trash yes, friend yes. and everything like that. Will does have some redeeming qualities, but then when I really started thinking about it, like I was looking back through some episodes and there was that one episode where Will had Jazz 
act like a fake minister because he was dating this girl and he wanted to have sex with her. Yeah, that's what that oh, that I was the episode. This. Wasn't that the one with Kim Fields? I think she did play the girl, and I can't remember the girl's name. But Will, like the girl, was like, you know, I, I don't think she was like devout Christian. She was just right. somebody that just like she was a virgin and just was not ready for exactly. that. Or she said she was waiting for marriage. He faked a whole marriage ceremony just to try to have sex <laughs> with this girl, trash. and I'm like, this is. Horrible thinking, oh and this was God. pretty far into the show. Like, Will should know better <laughs> yeah, by now. This I is like solid that. season four behavior. Okay, and I'm like, sir. So what more, are you doing? listen, more Will trash. Do you remember the episode where he kept taking gifts from the nerd girl? Yes. <laughs> you don't like this girl, Will? What are you doing? Okay, she bought him so a motorcycle. Proven. Yeah. So Christina's theory is on to something there. Like, yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I think if I were going to do a, like a one to 10 trash level, I probably put Will at like maybe a, maybe a six. Mm-hmm, because he mm-hmm. did some pretty trash things or whatever. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, he, he ain't touching Zach. Like Zach's no. the ultimate like high school trash king. Yeah, he but is. Yes. <laughs> Will ain't the king Zach. of the trash. <laughs> oh. They would be friends like if they like shared a universe. Like I think a, they could be friends. Okay. I think they could be friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The universe would probably explode if they got together and started doing dumb things because mm-hmm. especially like early Will, like season one Will. Yeah. No. And speaking of Say by the Bell, I remember like how you were saying when you saw Jasmine Guy up there, you were kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can really think of her as anyone besides Whitley. Mm-hmm. So there was one episode and I, I just got, I got so many feelings about this episode. It was the one where Lark Voorhees, who played uh, Lisa Turtle mm-hmm. on Say by the Bell, was on playing Carlton's ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So Carlton had broken up with his girl. I guess they had been broken up for what, maybe, I don't know, a year or something, something like that. that. Mm-hmm. She comes popping back up at the house one day with a whole baby. Yeah. And says that the baby is Carlton's baby. <laughs> and we go through this entire episode of Carlton just being the dumbest teenager of all time. Like, he out here buying matching outfits with the baby. Right. He just snuck out the window. They about to get married. And the whole episode should have been over in five minutes. Yes, it should have. I don't care. And Carlton seems like a, you know, pretty good, like, upstanding, like, a morally upstanding. But ain't no teenage dude about to claim no baby. No. Like, that's not happening. And I'm like, Carlton, you know it's not your baby. You did not have sex with her. That's what I was trying to figure out the whole time. Like, Why? how did this happen? Because that never happened. Right. <laughs> I mean, because if it had happened in real life and you've got a teenage boy and his ex-girlfriend comes kills him and says, hey, here's this kid. I named it after you because it's your baby. Oh, that's not my baby. We ain't never have sex with each other. Like, no teenage boy is is embarrassed enough. Because, like, they try to play it like, okay, he was too embarrassed to, like, admit he was a virgin and stuff. But it's like, no. Like, my parents are standing right here. I'm not trying to have Uncle Phil throw me out the house like jazz. So, I'm about to tell you right now. Yeah, this ain't my baby. This ain't my baby because we never had sex. And I'm like. (laughs) Why we hate to say it? Why did you just say that? Like, that that was such a entire whole useless episode that was just so absolutely ridiculous. Because it's like, what are you doing? Um, and it was kind of confusing at the end. I didn't really know what to make of Will. Because, you know, Will's talking to him in the church and stuff like that. And Will's like, you know, I ain't no virgin and stuff like that. And I feel like Will still kind of was at that point. Yes, he mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I always got mixed messages with Will. Like, there were some instances, like, like way back in season one when he was, um, God, what's her name? The one that Tisha Campbell played. Stuck in the basement. Was it Kathleen oh, yeah. or something like that? Kathleen, I think her name So was. I kind of got the the inkling that they had something sexual going on 
But then, like, later on in the series, you kind of feel like, well, Will kind of reads like a, you know, and I don't want to necessarily say reads like a virgin because there's no way to really, like, define, you know, quote, unquote, what a virgin is like. But I don't know. It was just always really weird with me. I was like, what what was Will up to? Like, how many bases was he rounding? What's going on with Will? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I never really, that was never really clear. Like, he was somebody who came across as, you know, wanting to look like he got all the draws but he really didn't get any of them but girls maybe... definitely seem to be like into him yes like, they yeah. were they were but i would get real sick of like tv will smith really quickly like i'd be like okay yeah. like can you settle down just a touch like yeah he was super thirsty he was super he was thirsty. really yes, thirsty and like i said something whole... like that now would not like play over well on tv no because no. he was do... like literally like sexually harassing people he really he really every was. day in the hallway at, at high school really you could do all episode on will's pickup lines Right. I mean, people running through his mind all day. He's barking at people. He's sliding up at people's table. Come here, girl. Just telling lies. And I'm like, what are you doing, Will? Obnoxious. Obnoxious, but funny. Super obnoxious. He was so obnoxious in that in that basement. Like, him and her. I just wanted to slap both of them. I wanted to be in the basement with them and just slap both of them. That was Except it. for when he sang the song about her hair and stuff, which killed me. Because, I mean, he acted like, like, the girl took her ponytail off. And she took her nails off. And you would have thought she had taken off a mask mm-hmm. and, like, turned into, like, a Halloween creature. Right. Like, he acted like she was, like, disgusting. Listen, that song. Because she took off fake eyelashes. That song and I'm was like, everything. She looks the same. That's what I don't get. It's the same face. She's the literally the same face. Like, Do y'all, she y'all remember how it went? The song? <laughs> Mm-mm. Don't know if her body is hers. Yeah, sitting in the basement on a tricycle, girl getting, girl getting on, my, on nerves. my nerves. <laughs> Going out of my mind. I thought she, I was, thought she fine. was fine. Don't know, know if her body is hers. <laughs> oh my god, she's over there just like pissed. Yeah. But I'm like, wow. I mean. That turned around. That went downhill so quickly because they were like all into each other, like yes, all up on each other. Oh my gosh! Do y'all remember two hours in a basement and they broke up? <laughs> yeah, much. it was crazy. Um, another really awesome uh, guest star on the show was um, Tyra Banks. I loved I her, her as an yeah. actress. I did. I loved the role that she played on the show. She was like a perfect fit. For... I love their dynamic. She was like the female Will. She in a way. really yeah, was. She was. So one of the episodes that I picked was the Jacqueline episode where Carlton mm-hmm. came home bragging about a love interest that he found and he would call her his Jackie. You guys remember that? And yeah. then only to find out at the end of the episode that she and Will were friends from back home, which crushed his whole world. I know. I felt so bad for Carlton. Oh, baby. I was like, oh, because there's so many instances of Carlton like liking somebody, and like it was one girl that like straight up broke up with him and started dating Will, and I'm just like, you know, again, this just kind of goes into Will's trash pile, because I'm like, <laughs> there's like a cousin bro code there, Will, and you're breaking it multiple times. Like he's a he's a repeat offender. Yes, he of is breaking the bro cousin code. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Because Will Smith is trash. He was. Listen, I got another trash example. If we go back to another one of Queen Latifah's appearances, and Mm. he and her were actually really good friends, or 
they were they were dating he liked her but he was embarrassed by her weight yeah do you remember right. that episode I, this. I mean he acted like she was like morbidly obese or something and she was like the size of a regular woman right and i was just like <laughs> but it was just i was just like wow this is just so wrong it feels so wrong because they right. were perfect for each other yeah they were but it's Except i think that's like a '90s like thing though like is that just me because I feel like I feel like that's a '90s like sitcom thing. Like people like they would act like people were like super fat when they're like regular size. Right. Mm-hmm. They would if you put ner- if you put glasses on somebody. Oh, they were like a disgusting nerd. And I'm right. like, they just wear glasses. Right. Like that doesn't make them a nerd. Like when when who came up with the idea of you wearing glasses and making you a nerd? Can't see. Like right. if you were like over five foot five, you were like. <laughs> a giant like yeah other, like you were like kareem abdul jabbar but something. the whole <laughs> glasses like, nerd thing is a steve <laughs> urkel product but i mean i feel like it was like that even before him though you think you know? so i don't know that was yeah. so his his was like a heightened version of it right i think it got worse after him because i feel like shows after him they were like oh my god stick glasses on them they're I, it doesn't matter if they're attractive stick them in glasses they're a nerd you know Ooh, she's over five foot five. She is she's a, giant. a tree and a giant. <laughs> and nobody wants to date her because she has yeah. abnormally large feet. <laughs> or like putting glasses on a character and they don't look the same. Or like pretending that they don't look the like same. Like the clock Yeah, that was stupid. That's we also know, a thing. You, that like, was really right. stupid. It's, it's the same face. <laughs> it's the same face. Yeah, there's not anything different right there. Huh. It's just, I call it the Clark Kent thing because I'm like, girl, Lo- Lois, Lois. And everybody at this newspaper. Y'all the stupidest people. Y'all should be writing nobody newspaper because it's Superman with glasses on. Right there. Several seats. (laughs) Just what are you doing? I I don't know. This is and that's off that's completely like off on a tangent or whatever. But I just think they had like running things like that. Again, that you know, people, you know, would laugh at. But now that like when you watch it and you're a little bit older and you kinda got a little bit more like wisdom and everything behind you now you're looking at it like ooh, like that was that was not cool she this does not make any sense right this no. doesn't make any sense it like. doesn't it doesn't but i can't believe we've talked for all of this time about fresh prince and have not brought up jeffrey who was by the way the absolute best character on the whole show I love Jeffrey. Yes. <laughs> Somebody needs to put together a YouTube video. It may be one that exists of like just all of Jeffrey's like all the one-liners. All like the all of his shade and zingers. <laughs> like he's the original thrower of shade. Yes, he Nobody is. had threw shade at that. Nobody like that. I love Jeffrey. That episode where he thought he had won the lottery. Yeah. Child, he broke that vase and he was like, I'm getting out of here. I don't even like you people. <laughs> Jeffrey was the original Petty Jackson. Like for real. Super Petty. <laughs> Super, super, super petty. Like, he would read you and you wouldn't even realize that you had been read. Exactly. Like, wait, <laughs> what? And he gave it to everybody, too. He did. Like, Uncle Phil, Aunt Viv, nobody was immune, immune from, from Jeffrey, Jeffrey Shade. Jeffrey Shade. Especially they will. pay you, right? Like, yeah. oh but nobody said anything. They just went along with it. Yeah, no, they I didn't. Think. They really didn't. And I always, I loved it. I loved how he called him Master William, but then he finally called him Will, like at the very, very end of the show. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. That is so sweet. I do. I, I do. love I Jeffrey love or whatever. Jeffrey, whatever. Jeffrey, Jeffrey is, a is a trip. Yeah. Jeffrey was my favorite. It really was. I, I literally could go through and pick out all of the different things relative to Jeffrey. 
and have the best time talking about it because he was so sarcastic. And I think, um, you know, his brand of humor was one that I can't necessarily say I truly appreciated the first go around watching the show. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, he definitely was a character that I appreciated even more because, you know, when you're younger, you relate to, of course, the younger people on the show kind of tie, like you said about relating to Ashley um, because she was kind of the closest to your age and that was where you were at the time. And, you know, relating to Will and Hillary and Carlton was the thing. But as I got older, Jeffrey was that dude. Yeah, I do. I love Jeffrey. And I don't know, like for me, going back with Ashley, I mean, she was kind of one of the first characters that I really saw that kind of started shaping her view of the world in terms of like from a like a feminist lens. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was kind of like a feminism one-on-one. Like I said, it was the best that she could do in the place that she was at. But there were a couple of times that she got Will and got Uncle Phil for being, for the double standards and for, you know, being a little bit sexist or whatever. Because, I mean, you think about like that one episode where Will like followed her on the date and stuff like that. Or when she did the commercial and like Will ratted on her because she had on a bikini and the solar right. commercial. And she that literally wore the bikini up. for like yeah. three seconds. Exactly. And then she had on regular clothes and the rest of the thing. And him and Uncle Phil just made this big stink about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, come on, guys. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. You got dudes out here with their shirt off and you at like my like my nipples are hanging out or something like that. Like, chill right. out. Yeah, I did. I love I love Ashley so much. And same thing with, you know, like you said, with Jeffrey. I don't think I really definitely didn't appreciate it as much when I was younger. But now when I watch it, I like the different types of humor that come together. Him and Will play off of each other really well because yes, it's two completely do. different types of humor. Exactly. You know, so any scene that they have together, those are probably, he was probably, those two were probably my favorite two to interact with each other. Like out of all the people that Jeffrey interacted with, I loved it when he interacted with Will the most. Yeah, it was always epic between Jeffrey and Will. But going back to Ashley, I was going to um, mention the episode where Tevin Campbell was on. Because I remember that like it it was yesterday. Tevin was everything at that point in time. So the fact that he was even on the show and just remembering how me and like all of my friends the next day in school were talking about how we just swooned when she sang when he sang happy birthday to her. Yes. The little T episode. That was great. Girl, they were tripping. They were tripping because she liked little T. I'm like, I mean, but who doesn't? Who didn't like little T? Yes, at that time, I guess, until we realize he don't play on our team. <laughs> it's okay to still, it's okay to still love Little T. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's so many good moments like that. And then you also think about like the Aunt Viv, you know, thing or whatever kind of oh, that. Yeah. That was a big shocker. Like when somebody original new just Aunt showed Viv up. left and then this new Aunt Viv shows up. And I, that's one of the things I kind of really hate when I think about it. I just, I hate that her and Will have that break in their relationship yeah. Yeah. because you created something so awesome they did. and, you know, and wonderful together and stuff like that. They work great Yeah, that they work so, you know, they work so, at least on camera, um, behind yeah. the scenes was a different story, but at least on camera, they paired so well together and stuff. Like I, I like the episode when Aunt Viv came and taught like the, um, she taught at their school at him and Carlton school for a while, which the school thing always kind of tripped me up because I, not that I thought that Will was not smart. But I didn't think that him and Carlton were kind of on that same academic wavelength. But they yeah, always, they ended up in classes together all the time. And yes, I'm like, is did. the school this small? Or, 
Are there 20 people at this school? How are y'all in the same class? See, no, you're not giving Will the credit he was due because there was an episode where um, they were battling um, to do with testing to get yeah i remember that yeah and like i said i didn't i didn't say that will was stupid i just didn't think that they were on the (laughs) necessarily on the same wavelength and that they would take the same type of classes you know they have the same level of emotional maturity my thought was that will always wanted to be in class with carlton so he could cheat off his paper yes (laughs) that's what i thought (laughs) and you talk about me being bad both of y'all just shading poor little will (laughs) just saying this goes I believe his, in Will. I believe Will wanted to his take his work own becomes test. a whole lot easier <laughs> if somebody else is doing it. it. See, y'all messing with Will. See, this goes back to my Will Smith and Zach Morris parallels because we said the same thing about Saved by the Bell, how they had just one hallway and two rows of lockers and one classroom. I swear, Will's class only had that one classroom that was also like a And that lodge. one little stretch of like, it was like two stretches of hallway. Right. And that's it. And that's, <laughs> that's it. All you yeah. that's, the whole, that's the school. That's right there. And you see maybe 20 people tops that's right. anything. Exactly. And all the same kids. It's like, you know, Will and Carlton and Cornflake, all of them in the same class. Cornflake. Like, I forgot about him. <laughs> I did too. Will Smith in that uh, inside out jacket. Why was the print on the inside of the jacket so loud, guys? Like, why? I don't know. And how did he get away with wearing it like that? Like, Will was no out, completely out of dress code every day. He was. He had to be different, though. That was the thing. And it, I think that was the other really neat thing about watching him and Carlton go to school together. Because when you think about it, all he wanted was to not be like Carlton. So right. in every, you know, sense of their journey together, he was he was basically going on Carlton's journey but making it his own. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, I think that Carlton wanted to be a little bit more like Will and have a little bit more of the freedom that Will had and didn't really realize it initially. Yeah, no, Carlton was hopeless. Yeah, I mean, he definitely he definitely wanted to be a, but you know, like I said, I mean, Carlton, I think he had some good, solid, redeeming moments. I, the funny one is when he went over to the hood in Compton and started hanging out with the homeboys over oh, there. Yeah, Will left and that. came back, and Carlton was a straight thug. He had taught them, he had taught them, put them onto some financial knowledge, and he over there hanging out with the dogs barking in the background. I'm like, what? Aunt Viv had to come get her baby. <laughs> She was like, "I let you. I, you say you was going on a field trip, and next not. thing you know, yeah. you got my you got my son in Compton, sir." And again, I mean the same thing with Aunt Viv. Like, I mean she she could be, you know, this kind of, you know, you know, high class, you know, prestigious, you know, glamorous type woman, but she wasn't afraid to go down to Compton. Nope. And be like, "Boy, what you doing? Get in this car and let's go." Yeah, I loved her. I loved everything about her. I um my absolute favorite of all time though had to be her fortieth birthday where she where she was dancing she picked up the dance that was I mean, amazing that's, again, that's a classic moment like that's probably if you could rank fresh prince moments that would probably be like right up under the you know will saying his dad doesn't want him anymore yeah everybody like people that aren't even that familiar with the show that have like a passive familiarity with it know that scene that scene was I'm awesome doing the dance <laughs> yeah she didn't see me but she did she killed it like and i know she the did. dance in my in my brain it's crazy yeah, she did. She killed it. It was great. It really was. was like, it was. I'm gonna show you Becky's that I can do this. Listen, 
the, the Beckys had been flapping their gums the whole episode. Yes, she came did. in there when she hit him with that snap at the end and then fell out in the hallway. I was like, yes, that's me now. That's like, right. I relate to that now. That would be me now. Going to, going the to a dance class, like trying to be extra <laughs> at the gym. And then you just fall out in your car because you tired because right. you're past 30. So doing the doing absolute the most. most. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. It is. It's just, I don't know. I mean, so many good episodes. Um, and like another great Carlton episode for me was the one where both of them were, him and Will were trying to join the fraternity and they were basically mm-hmm. wanting to let Will in because they deemed Will to be, you know, blacker than Carlton. I love oh, Carlton's yeah. speech at the end. Like that's probably Ooh, my boy. favorite Carlton moment because he gave it to him. And that speech resonates so much like to this day where people yeah, are does. always trying to, you know, make these divisions to say who's, you know, who's black enough, who's had the blacker experience and stuff like that. When at the end of the day, we all, at the core of it all, we all deal with the same issues. Your, your, you know, your socioeconomic privilege won't keep you from being seen by certain people as a thug. And it won't stop you from getting pulled over by the police and possibly harassed. Right. Because we all work, we all working within the skin color. I do, I love that episode so much. And, you know, and I love how it just kind of shine light on it. Really, like the dude that was at head of the fraternity, he was like, a OG like hotel like what you see on Twitter and now with all these dudes that are tripping and stuff like that like I mean that's basically how he was now and I love that Carlton stood up to that and challenged that or whatever and that Will supported him through that because even Will realized you know hey wait a minute now this is this is wrong yeah that was a really great episode I um you know like you said I appreciate a lot what a lot of what Carlton had to say just about the circumstances and peop- and how people tend to look at, you know, the classes of people differently as far as, mm-hmm. you know, making a determination about where you belong and who you fit in with. And what I always appreciate about him is he was always his own authentic self. Carlton no was. What, like, he really yeah. was. Like, no matter what the situation was, besides the time he went to Compton, um, it was... <laughs> He was very happy wearing his bow tie and his shorts and being preppy. And he knew who he was and he was comfortable with who he was. And I right. always appreciated that about him. What yeah, was, but he was still very cognizant of being a black man and what that means in the context of America. Well, the no funniest part about it, though, is that I don't believe he actually got to that place until later in the show. Oh yeah, because not in the yeah, no. and and he was definitely out of touch, and I think that Will kind of helped him. He absolutely did come to because that place. of all of the you know of all of the shenanigans and situations they got into. It always was something, of course, that Will got them into. However, it was a situation that Carlton had never been exposed to before, so he didn't understand why things were being were like they were or why people yeah. were treating them a certain way because he had never been in that position before. But I think Will made him better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they made each other better because they were literally two opposite sides of the same coin. Like they could not have a more different experience before you know Will moved. Right. Um, yeah. And so they basically took the best things about each of them, and they learned from each other, and ended up being better for it. At the end. Right. Like, yeah. And I think all the kids kind of imprinted on each other in that way. You know, I think they did too. Yeah, because you see where Ashley definitely had that influence on you know that that Will and Ashley dynamic. That definitely went two ways. You know. Like, I love the episode where um, Ashley 
had never written she had never experienced like the type of Christmas that Will experienced with like going all out and the lights and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so he just like went out to his way to like her. make this awesome Christmas for her. Yeah. You know, and again, I mean there's moments like that that it's like, you know, hey, Will is Will can be a very thoughtful caring person like i love that so much and even with will and hillary like i mean they had some not as many moments that really kind of resonated with me or whatever but i love some i love some of the will and will and hillary dynamic too and i think the some that piece kind of gets missed because you think so much about will and carlton because they were peers growing up and going to school together and hillary was a few years older than everybody else so a lot of times she kind of had like her own like outlying things that went on you know kind of as like a B plot or something like that or whatever. But I liked it when she kind of got looped into their action. Like the one time that the guys went against the girls and they were trying to figure out who could do like, you know, common things that the genders would do better. So like Will and Carlton had to like sew a dress. And I think Hillary and Ashley had to like fix a bike or do something like that. So that episode, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, so that episode was cool because for Ashley and Hillary to be sisters, you really didn't see them do a whole lot together. No, you didn't. I mean, true. Hillary was like, you know, Black Valley girl, right. which was yeah. an anomaly. <laughs> it just really was. I think what, right. what was endearing about her, you know, for everybody is they didn't really see her. Nobody had ever seen anybody like her. So, yeah. you know, the way she talked and how she thought about things and, you know, her intelligence or lack thereof was <laughs> was entertaining right. for a lot of people oh girl when she got that job at the news station when she was first a weather girl oh yeah and will came popping up there because he was trying to save the community center he done ran up on the thing and started seeing his little speech and then he runs off and the security go chasing him i'm like this is so ridiculous these kids i don't understand how aunt viv and uncle phil made it like how did y'all make it through what even what even made y'all want to have another child? Look at all no this idea. action you got going on with these four right here. That's enough children. Way too much action. Definitely. Just light skin Yeah, she wouldn't have been having it. I don't think she would have had it at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, that 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 new one, Bill. Hmm. I mean, I mean she, she was, was okay, okay but, but she wasn't she wasn't, she wasn't terrible but it just didn't love. it just didn't feel the same she it wasn't really good i'm just gonna put it on out there she wasn't good it wasn't anything <laughs> good about her she like after i mean it's thing. like that to me that's like um you know going to a luther concert and then plugging in one of these new dudes that use the electronic voice box that's what it's like so she was like a great value version is what you're saying. Very generic. Like a, yes. like a Walmart. Very thing. generic. Like oh, she was Jesus. definitely off brand. Walmart brand. Like the the new Aunt Viv. It seemed like they changed her whole character when they bought in a different person. To right. That person. And that's the thing that bothered me the most. Like it just seemed like there were things that like fundamentally changed about who Aunt Viv was when they changed the actress that played her. And right. That's like my biggest issue. Yeah, and I don't, I honestly don't think if if they had kind of kept her characterization still the same and kept her kind of true to the character that had been built up, I honestly don't think as many people would have had as big of a problem with it. Because yeah. it's certainly not the first time that somebody's been replaced on a, you know, on a TV show. I mean, right. 
you know it it happens or whatever but yeah i mean you you're really right about that she just seemed like a completely different person and it just didn't it didn't give the family the same type of dynamic anymore you know yeah, yeah it was just different she was she was much much softer you know in terms of her delivery she didn't give that presence that you know black mama feel like yeah. you know because you know, was giving you the eye did. like yeah. what are you doing she get really out of here was. it was great there's yeah there's not anybody that i think could have done it better than she did she was the perfect person for that role so you know the aunt viv character definitely became a whole lot less interesting when she was switched over yeah and to me she just kind of faded to the Face to the background. Like, I really didn't pay that much attention to her anymore. But, I mean, like, season one, I just, I loved it so much because she was, you know, standing up for her. Because when Uncle Phil and Will were, like, really kind of bumping heads right there in the beginning because they just didn't have that understanding yet, she was, like, the liaison between them two, you know, kind of balancing that out. And, of course, I mean, that's because Will is her her biological nephew. So, I mean, of course, she was, you know, trying to vouch for him and make sure he was okay and everything. I was going to ask you guys this, though. I'm pretty sure you remember it. So do you guys remember when Will's aunt was getting ready to marry the white guy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what What was that episode? It just seems it's, it's not a bad episode, but it just seems so weird to me. It was random. It didn't fit. <laughs> what is happening? That's my That's dog. My dog. <laughs> One second. Hey, shut up! <laughs> Thank you! Sookie likes to howl at emergency service vehicles. <laughs> and so there's a fire truck somewhere around here that she hears, and so she starts howling at it. And then it makes the smaller dog start howling, and he can't really do it right, so he sounds ridiculous. But just the <laughs> fact that you said, hey, shut up, and they did. Because they already know. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> oh my god. Oh boy, them dogs. <laughs> yeah. They are, so they are what did you, what did you guys think about that? Like that that episode. It just it was weird for me. Like I don't understand with like that family dynamic, and you know they're obviously a much wealthier family, so. A lot of the people around them are probably going to be white. Like, why couldn't they just say that he was white? Like, they kept trying to say that he was like tall instead of that. Isn't that what they right? They described him like in a whole bunch of different ways. Like, like trying to dance around the fact that he was white. But you know, you just walked in the room. You dig somebody who's tall? Yeah. But you know what's funny? I I actually might have liked the auntie. I can't think of her name right now. The, the one that married actress. the white guy? No, 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 no. The one who played, I think, the older sister. The that was played by um, Jennifer Lewis. Jennifer, right? yes, Jennifer. Yeah, and I don't know if that was her name on the show, but Jennifer Lewis played her. Yeah, that's I'm right. Pretty sure. Well, okay, yeah. here's my thing. I thought I heard some at one point in time that she wanted to play Aunt Viv. Oh, oh wow. That would have been fun. I was thinking, you know, so I always thought in my head, man, I feel like if there was anybody else, you know, that could have played her, it would have been Jennifer. Jennifer Lewis. Yeah, mm. I could see that. That would have been good. 
Cause and it oh god and like that episode where they all came together and what were they cooking for Thanksgiving I think yeah and they were having like the big uh, kitchen cookoff yeah trying to figure out who made the best whatever I was like I like that episode too and so they just had like an overabundance of food because everybody was trying to prove that their whatever was the best right and poor Will they kept asking him and he didn't want to dis- disappoint Aunt Viv but then he wanted to disappoint his mama. So he just kind of, Caught as Christina would say, just like, like noped out of the whole situation. Like, <laughs> oh, I like everything. It's great. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. I just, I just thought about that randomly. Just, you know, as you were talking about the different family members and their reactions to that whole wedding situation, it was, it was a little different. But, you know, what's funny is that there weren't, a ton of interracial couples at that time. Like it was kind of a newer thing. So I I think it was their way of, you know, putting a spin on it, like trying to help Mm -hmm. people see the obvious and um, what people's reaction was to it or, or might've been at that particular point in time. Right. You know what I liked about Will too? He like. He, I mean, you know, and it's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, you know, if he had like white girls and stuff like that. But I like that he liked black women. Yeah. And I like that he liked a wide variety of oh, black yeah. women. Like you didn't just see him well. with like a high yellow person with with light eyes, which, you know, would have been considered to be like the standard or, you know, or something or, you know, above what a guy would really want or something like that um, by some people or whatever. But I love that he liked a wide variety of girls. Yes. I like that about him, too. But that was also added we could add that to his trash qualities because he didn't discriminate. He didn't care. It didn't matter what she looked like. Well, I think it mattered what she looked like. I don't think I ever saw him like trying to holler at somebody that wasn't like conventionally attractive. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would have to, I would have to was, review his not, love interest. That was not cute. Cause like, the, I'm thinking about like, even like random girls, like the one that he was, trying to like mess with in class when he first got when he got to college and he was trying to mess with that girl in class that had the refrigerator shaped boyfriend mm-hmm. like I mean even her she was you know like random people like that they seem to be you know like I said conventionally attractive people which I mean you know of course attractiveness is kind of uh, you know it's kind of it depends on who's who's looking at you but right yeah but I did I like that I like that about about Will that he just kind of liked and dated whoever he wanted to date in and I love how the, love show, how the ended. show ended. And, and I'm, I'm so, so glad that they got that good, solid end right there at the end. And yeah. that everybody's story got wrapped up in a proper way. And it didn't end with some, like, weird cliffhanger where we don't know what happened or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. everybody, pretty much everybody ended up in, you know, in New York except for Will. And he stayed in California and finished, mm-hmm. you know, and finished school. Like, boom, you're done. Series is over. It's closed. I don't feel the need to like have a reunion episode or a reunion movie or any of that stuff like that. Like I am perfectly fine with it. How the way that it ended. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. It was solid. It was a solid ending, but there was so much packed into those six seasons, probably a whole lot more than what, you know, we definitely would have time to talk about, but it was great. Right. Yeah, no, it was, it was was good. good. Anybody, Anybody have, have any other episodes, episodes that they want to throw out there? I mean, the only other episode that I mentioned is the one where uh, 
Will and Carlton. Again, this is actually where I put my note of Zach and Will could be best friends. So Will got this bright idea to invest in some stocks that he thought were going to be doing really good. <laughs> so he sold one of Aunt Viv's rings or like bracelets oh, or something. Oh, dummy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Which, like in the story, like it ended up, they thought the best way to like unpawn the ring or whatever, get the ring out of the pawn shop or whatever, is to become strippers. Mm-hmm. I remember and that. And they ended up stripping at a party with some people with like Aunt Viv and her friends. Oh my god. And she snatched Carlton off that stage so fast. And he turned around and said, Mommy I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> that was hysterical. I forgot about that one for a second. That's a really good that's a really good um a really good gift too. <laughs> them oh doing the God. the um jump on it jump on jump it on that it. was great <laughs> i do i do it's so many like cute moments like that that i like yeah. i like when they um god what did they do to ashley where they had the puppets and they were uh they had the little puppets going will and carlton are sorry and then they start like beatboxing and having the puppets dance together i forgot what they did to ashley but they really pissed her off that episode yeah oh i'm not God. sure yeah and they pop and they did. They popped up with the little with the little puppets, and they're like, "Will and Carlton, sorry." Oh, chicka, 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 was chicka, so chicka, funny. Chicka. Yeah. Why, so <laughs> yeah, Why has cat. nobody mentioned Will, Will Smith, Smith dressed up like a sunflower singing "You Are My Sunshine"? Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that one. <laughs> yeah, because he had to get that credit for the music class, and so she made him perform with like it was like third graders kids. or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you tall sunflower spandex. That was so great. Oh my, my gosh, there's so sunshine. many great ones. I was just thinking about that, like as we're talking about the show, you know, the fact that they were able to weave in music and dance, like there's so many things that revolved around, you know, music for him and how he explained himself and how he translated things and what what mm-hmm. things were important to him. And then dancing, that's a whole other subject in and of itself, you know, just the the iconic Carlton dance that oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know again Carlton just like being straight up authentically himself or whatever he would just bust that dance out yeah super dweeb for no reason whatsoever super dweeb you know and just the fact that he liked Barry Manilow <laughs> right like what teenager because <laughs> I do not think that people like I feel like you have to be like like Bear Man's 50. And Tom to, Jones. Like, those were his, those were his dudes, you know? <laughs> so this is my thing about him liking Tom Jones and Barry Manilow. Like, I don't think Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv were listening to them. So, so where, where did he get that from? Where did he get it from? Become a fan. His right, I mean, you have school. to be at least 50. No, I feel like you got to be like Bear Minimum 50 to be into that. Like, I just don't feel like that's a teenager no. thing. Definitely not. I feel like that's a writer thing. Like, I feel like maybe the writers might have been a little bit older and they kind of shoehorned a little bit of themselves in there. Yeah, they Because you see that were. a lot sometimes with teenagers where they're like, they're written, you could tell they're written by older people because they'll do or say things or have like characteristics that it's like, that's, that's, How do you that's do, not fellow it. Fellow kids. Right. But that's, yeah, the, like, you know, okay, that's, so that's, that's the it. funny part about it. I was reading that interview um, that was done with the two writers that I mentioned earlier when we were talking and them just saying that there were things that they were right and or say, but it was really important to them to have a crew of writers that could relate to the show. So even though they were the lead, 
you know, they might have put something in there. And then when their crew, who happened to be predominantly African-American, would read it, they would say, yeah, no. Like, for example, there was a Thanksgiving episode and they had pumpkin pie. And the crew was like, yeah, nah, that's going to be sweet potato. we're not eating pumpkin pie. Nobody's eating pumpkin pie. And I think them doing that, like, that's how they got such a good start. Because when you really go back and, like, look at some of those season one episodes, like, I went back through and rewatched the entire run of the show. Um, I did it back in 2014 when I was on maternity leave with my youngest daughter. It was coming on and four episodes a morning would come on TBS. And so every morning, you know, it was usually around the time that I was just kind of, I was at home, I was on maternity leave and they would run like four or five episodes every morning. I watched every single episode and like season one is so good. Um, and pretty much good right from the, from the jump or whatever, where some shows it takes them a while to kind of find their, feel and find their footing and everything like that like they pretty much jump right in with it and it it just seemed like something that could plausibly could plausibly happen like it just felt real yeah I could and that's probably that. because they had that writer's room you know in I there kind so of giving too. out giving out that input now i don't know if this is correct information and i'll probably have to do a little bit more digging on it but was shonda rhimes involved with um the fresh prince at all i don't who knows I don't. It think sounds so. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't be, be. I wouldn't be surprised if. Yeah, because you know, I don't but. know. I, I want to say at some point I did see something about this, you know, kind of being an early, early part of her career. But I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, she, she may have been there. there. Maybe she was there like in a writer capacity or something. That's what I believe it was. But again, got a fact check. Maybe I need to Google it. yeah like the earliest things i can think of that i knew shonda rhimes was attached to was uh uh princess diaries yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i remember her being attached to those like in the early 2000s but i can't say that i know a whole lot about her career you know admittedly before that time before shonda land became a thing yeah so i'm not sure you know can't trust all your sources i'll definitely have to do some more digging on that but mm. again, like Ty said, I would not be surprised at all. Hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, it seems like something she would definitely have her, you know, have her hands in. Mm. Interesting. I know. I was going to say, now I'm going to be looking at that later on, trying to see. 20 years old. Yeah, trying to see, trying to see, trying to see what's going on. Because like I said, before Princess Diaries, I I don't know what she may have been, you know, been into. I know she, she used to be a, um... Wasn't she like a, I think she did like some scouting or something like that, like talent scouting and things. Like she worked in another capacity. She really didn't get into like, like filmmaking and producing and stuff like what we, you know, until like a little bit um, or into like TV production and stuff until a little bit later. But I feel like she did something else before then. She did. She co-wrote Crossroads, that Britney Spears movie before she went crazy. And then I don't know if you remember the, um, the introducing Dorothy Dandridge movie on HBO. She covered yes. that. I don't see anything oh. about. Uh, I don't see anything about the Fresh Prince on her Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. But, you know, interesting. It's Wikipedia, so there's that. Hmm. I never knew she was involved with the Dorothy Dandridge. You're talking about with Halle Berry in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always Such liked that movie. movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty dope. You learn something new every day. Yes, we do. A good movie. Look at that. And I mean, good. With, with the Sometimes. Fresh Prince, it's just 
so much to talk about. Yeah, there is. Um, and I was talking with Christina. I'm like, we may come back around at some point in time. We've kind of got our schedule schedule set for the remainder of the year, but we may we may circle back around to this and do some more. You know, either talk about some more episodes or maybe even just kind of highlight like, you know, like a top ten moments list or do something like that because there are so many different things that you can you can cover. You could spend a whole episode talking about you know breaking down different characters and you know, what they went through throughout their arc and everything like that. Like there's so many different ways to approach it. And, you know, it's funny when I thought about when I kind of had the idea in my head a couple of years ago about wanting to be involved in a podcast in some type of capacity. I originally was thinking about doing a Fresh Prince podcast. Oh, that is funny. I think yeah. that's, I think yeah. that probably could have had legs because, you know, like you said, it's just so much to the show and so many different things that you can take away from it that even though the show happened, you know, over 20 years ago that are still relevant today and Mm -hmm. so much that you can take away from it. And, you know, if you have children, you can have that conversation with them and talk to them about it and use it as a way to connect with them. Um, But again, so many cultural references and different things that people didn't understand. There's so much to unpack with the show. It, you probably could have, done an entire everything (laughs) around it but it definitely was one of my favorites love it yeah it is and i'm just waiting for the day that it gets on a streaming service if the fresh prince ever hits a streaming service um and i don't know what the you know what the rights issues and stuff are there that's just kind of one of been those one of those elusive shows that none of the streaming services have ever been able to get their hands on. Um, like the DVD sets for the complete series are way more expensive than other DVD sets of shows from around the time. So I don't know what what the what the legalities and what all that stuff is going on behind the scenes with that or whatever. But if it ever gets to a streaming service, we're definitely going to do like a big rewatch. Like I would love to do a live tweet rewatch where we just like take two or three episodes, you know, take maybe three to four episodes a week. And we just kind of watch those episodes and talk about them on Twitter or whatever. Because I mean, I think about like shows like the Fresh Prince, like if Twitter had been around back then. Oh, it would have been fantastic. And you could live tweet during the show. Oh my God. It would have been fantastic fantastic and crazy. Cause it's like sitting on a, on a wide extended couch with all these people and just like clowning over, you know, crazy things. So you would have been laughing at, will's crazy antics and then you know people would have been i mean think about like the whole moment with will and uncle phil would have gone like viral you know yeah yeah it would have but that's it that could be a great way to to blend you know the past and the present together right if so if it ever does hit a streaming service definitely it does it just it just it resonates with people and you know i think it's one of those shows that's never really going to even though you know you kind of got it in you know this this time capsule of time is just it's never going to get old um and to me it's just always funny it's forever funny it's probably one of the funnier things and i just feel like so many sitcoms now most of them are just not that type of funny anymore no they're not you know yeah i mean and will was just he just brought a special energy and a talent to it and everything that just was completely unprecedented and i love the the impact that he had you know on a culture on that show and then i also love the impact that he had on his fellow castmates like james avery said before he um passed away that he really wasn't into hip-hop or any of that stuff like that but it was through his relationship and working with will that he gained appreciation for that art form you know yeah such a beautiful show it so it is. It's, it's just, just, it's just a, it's just a beautiful show. It's so much fun. Um, when you're thinking about things that are like nostalgia related or whatever, I mean, it's just, it's one of the first things I think about that just always 
gives me the good feels, makes me smile, you know, makes me laugh. And I mean, just something that if I see it on TV and I'm flipping by, I'm stopping the TV and watching it. Definitely. It's an always must watch. Always. Yes. Never, never turn down an episode of The Fresh Prince if it's on. Ever. Absolutely not. You can't. can't. So So anyone anyone else have have any any final final thoughts or comments to add in today? Nope. Thank you, Nikita, for joining us. You're welcome. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, it was. It was so much fun. It's always great to have a a third perspective in there to kind of balance mm-hmm. some things out and to bring some things in. So, yeah, that was that was, that was so, so much, much fun. fun. Thank, Thank you for, for taking time out to come, come and talk with, with us and just, and just give us some really thoughtful, thoughtful perspective and also give us a different perspective, perspective um, as somebody who's just a few years older than us. Because, I mean, five or six years makes a difference in terms of your... Yeah, in terms of your coming of age experience and in terms of the lens that you see things through, um, you know, so whereas where we may have been watching something when we were seven or eight, you know, you were at the cusp of teenage years, you know, yeah. at that time or whatever. So it was really nice to kind of have your dynamic in there and talking for you to kind of talk a little bit about your perspective of the show, like especially during that actual original run, you know. So thank you. You are most welcome. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me. It's a cool experience. Cool, cool. So for you guys, if you want to continue to talk about The Fresh Prince, Christina and I love The Fresh Fresh Prince, Prince. and we're we're always always available available and willing to chat with you guys on Twitter about it. Let us know what your favorite Fresh Prince episodes are. Let us know what characters you enjoy. Are there any Fresh Prince moments that stand out to you that you just want to chat a little bit more about? Make sure that you hit us up at Nostalgia Mix Pod on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also use the Nostalgia Mix Pod hashtag to continue the conversation. And And we we will will see see you guys guys next time. time. Bye. 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 Bye, guys. So. Clearly, I have not.